0: Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Dominator. I am your host, Billy Musia. With me in the house tonight is my boy, Maddie Kiwoom. He is the czar of StreamYard at Player Profiler. He is the host of The Game Plan, co-host of Trade Gods. Both of those can be found on the Player Profiler Podcast Network, and he is one hell of a podcaster, folks. Maddie, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, Bailey, just making your boy blush, and we're just getting started. I am super excited. Thank you so much for having me on The Dominator one of my favorite shows, uh, probably one of the shows that I learned the most from when it comes to trying to get better at this whole fantasy football thing. So I hope I don't ruin it for everyone listening.
1: Oh, that's that's quite the compliment. Maddie Kewa was saying the ones he learns the most from. I'd love to hear it. Um, yep. So I, I was on your show when we were at the NFL draft in Kansas City and you threw me a curveball and you asked me surprise questions. <laughs> yep, that yep. I had no idea we were coming. I have some surprise questions for you tonight, Patty,
2: okay. to get okay. you back,
1: okay? okay. And so the very first question I want to ask you is, what is the square root of pie?
2: <laughs> it's got to be what, like 1.5, something, 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 maybe, I don't know. No, I'm
1: just kidding. I just wanted to Who's throw that Whatever. That, <laughs> that's a curveball on
2: the curveball. Who's that? There's a TikTok rapper that's, that rap pie. <laughs> 3.145. I'm the king of AYC. I don't know. It was crazy. I guess it's one um, way to memorize that stuff, though, is rapping.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just that it graved in your brain, right? It just like I, like I create little rhymes and I'm trying to remember something hard. So it, it makes sense that so you're rapping. It's a little rhyme. It's the same same concept. No, no it, in, in all honesty here, real question okay. is fantasy football related. Who is your favorite follow in the industry and what have they taught you?
2: This is a good one. Putting me. All right. So I'm going to exclude all the player pro people because
1: yeah, you can't use us.
2: It's it just, it's just not as fun. I, in, but in all honesty, I've been a fan of player pro for a long time. So, you know, I have followed, you know, pretty much all you guys in earnest for a while, but we're going to leave that off. We're going to leave all the people here. Probably. I'm going to say Ian Harwitz is my favorite. Cause I think he's the funniest.
1: He's pretty funny.
2: Uh, he's super funny. His tweets are our elite. He's probably my favorite follow, but someone I've learned the most from. I want to say it's No More Parties, Noah Hills. His running back analysis has been pretty eye-opening. It's, it's way above my head in terms of, you know, intelligence. So it's nice to kind of get some of that from uh, someone that, you know, uh, is a lot smarter than me. So I'm going to go with those two. Those would be my two. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go with two.
1: Awesome. No, those are good ones. Those are great, great, great follows. I follow them both. I'd agree. Uh, I think Ian is hilarious. I love his tweets. He is hilarious. Um, you know, it's 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 always off the wall, left field, out of nowhere. It's 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 always very witty and and well done. Uh, yeah. Makes sense for the for the context as well, which is hard to do. And so I I, I would agree. Both of those are great. Hills is a fantastic ranker as well. Love to see him inside of the contests. All right, let's jump in. I should say before we jump in, let's get a quick word from our sponsors and that's going to be
0: this week rival oh baseball season's heating up it's all about baseball right now you know eh, baseball baseball yeah baseball is the most exploitable of the sports especially on rival fantasy rival go there now they have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points and they have challenges where you can take player x or player y i get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about Fantasy Bingo, where you can say, okay, I think is going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to rivalfantasy.com, use the promo code PLAYER. They refund any losses up to 50 bucks, and they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Everything we do, this show in particular, is only possible because of Rival. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER.
1: Yeah, we love Rival. They have mm-hmm. definitely taken care of us. They've been a great sponsor. We love promoting them and what they do for the show. Make sure to use code Underworld. It helps us create what we're doing. Helps mm-hmm. get people like me here at Player Profiler. Helps get people like Maddie Keywomb here at Player Profiler. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we do at the site is because of our sponsors. So thank you very much for, for partaking in those adventures with us. Um. I have kept it PG today, Maddie. Are you Family Guy? Do you like, do you like Family Guy? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. What's Who the first thing you thought about when you I heard you we were dumpster diving? Do you
2: remember the song? I, the no, prom no. night. The, I'm a prom night. I all right. Okay. I've, <laughs> it, it, for some reason, it was like in the back of my mind, but I wasn't able to conceptualize it because I keep seeing it in the chat. People bring up prom night. I'm like, <laughs> wait, why is this so familiar? God, that's there. It is now. The two I, dots have been connected in my head.
1: I was going to have like the sound clip. I was going to play it. I was like, man, we might want to keep this PG. We're going to keep it PG. <laughs> I don't want to lose monetization on
2: YouTube. You can't be getting out. No. can't do that today. No, 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 so, no, no, no.
1: So, yes, I thought about it. I see everyone in the chat talking about it. Now I feel like I should have done it. Now I feel like I missed the mark, but it's okay. It was, it was, okay. It was, it was, it was a thought.
2: Monetization is important here at Play Pro. So <laughs> let's keep that afloat. Let's keep that at full and not limited. And we could just play it afterwards.
1: That's right. Yeah, we can play it. We'll just, we'll just sit here and play it in the chat after we're drinking beer. Um, let's, so let's dump in. We got some dumpster diving to do today. So I want to discuss our most targeted players in our drafts that are going late. And I mean late, late. None of this early, none of this like RB30, none of this like Titan 10, 12, none of this QB 12, 14 nonsense. Mm-hmm. I'm talking criminally late. These are players that we love at cost. They have a chance to significantly outperform ADP and help you bring home a championship. Whether it's in best ball, whether it's in a home league, could be a tournament. I don't care. Mm-hmm. When you smash ADP, you can have a chance to win any of these. So let's let's start off at everyone's favorite position, the quarterback position, and let's talk about some of our favorite late round targets. I'll let you lead lead off.
2: All right. So so basically today it's Maddie Raccoon because I'm going big time dumpster diving all the way to the bottom of the dumpster here. Uh, and, and I'm going to go with the quarterback that I love, 100% intended. And that's the Green Bay Packers' new signal caller, Jordan Love. He is going at qu- uh, quarterback 21 an underdog. And this might hurt your brain a little bit, Billy, because I know, I mean, you got the man versus machine. You're, you got your projections. You're very analytical in your brain. But I'm going to drop a little something I call bro science. And that's when you just shoot from the hip. We talk about feelings and the numbers don't always align to what you're talking about. But, you know, we do have. Jordan Love here, who is a former first-round pick, and he is above, he's an above-average athlete. A, he has an above-100 athleticism score, which is something that we do like out of our quarterbacks with the potential to scramble, keep plays going, get first downs, and get those really sought-after rushing yards. Um, and Here's where the bro science comes in. I do believe that those years where he was left to marinate will be a good thing for him. Learning from Aaron Rodgers, learning from Matt LaFleur, I think those will be bonuses to his profile, things that we can't quantify, but I do believe he will benefit from that. He was very impressive. He really showed off his arm in the 2020 uh, 2020 Senior Bowl, You know, the pod followers there, and he's admitted that his arm even looked a little bit more uh, enticing than that of Jalen Hurts, and we've seen Jalen Hurts just light it up, so that's a good positive sign, and he will be surrounded by a bunch of young and exciting weapons. He's got Christian Watson, who we saw connect on an awesome touchdown. It was really not a long throw, but Christian Watson took it to the biscuit, and that's just what he can do. They drafted him Jaden Reed, 50th overall. They went and grabbed Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, two very good and exciting athletic tight ends that we like over here at Player Profiler. And of course, they still got those good running backs Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. All that together, I think that that's a really good bevy of weapons for the first year starter. And I think he could be, if he's efficient, if he could prove that he could be efficient in this lackluster offense, uh, he could truly pay off for fantasy. Uh, like I said, this offense isn't super high-powered. They're 18th in team pass plays per game and 31st in pace of play. I think that'll help him ke- like keep the game slow. It'll keep it in front of him as opposed to letting it speed off on him. And so when you take all that together, I have been grabbing Jordan Love uh, in my UD drafts, my underdog drafts, in my, in my uh, you know, dynasty. I've been trying to get shares, so... Uh, yeah, that that's a dumpster quarterback that I, I'm willing to to go to bat for this year.
1: Yeah, I like Jordan Love. I guess I, I thought I was higher on him than uh, consensus, but I'm actually right at consensus. ECR, which is expect, expert consensus ranking is 22. I'm right at 22. But looking at the players around him and inside that same tier, um, there's wiggle room for this. And there's news that's been released this week and it's not reflected on the site, but he will actually move up at least one spot, if not two in my rankings because we, we saw the news come out with Jimmy Garoppolo, so that's a little bit of uncertainty. We can move we can move Love up one spot there. Um, it is. This offense overall, though, and I know we have that that small kind of example or sample size for Love, but I like what they've done with this offense, and I like that they actually drafted a receiver, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> Top <laughs> out, not bad. Not bad. Not round one, but it's okay. They it's not bad. They went out and got Gene Reed, so who who mm-hmm. I like. Um, I think that you know he could be. We talked about him yesterday in the podcast with Josh Larkey, and he compared him to Deontay Johnson, um, and that could be what this offense is missing. And so I, I like Jordan Love. I think he has a chance to outproduce ADP. You got to like the running backs he has, so he's got mm-hmm. an outlet, right? So that yep. fail safe that he can dump off in the passing game to Aaron Jones. Um, he's got two new tight ends who are very athletic. Um, he has Jim Reed. He's got Roman Dobbs, and of course he's got Christian Watson, who is in line for some some monster. Target share this year, and and could potentially be a back end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. So I, I think that this offense is is good enough for him to succeed. Um, the limited sample size that we've seen, I think the largest sample size we saw last year was a nine attempt game against Philly, where he actually completed sixty six point seven percent of his passes against that defense. It was it was encouraging. That was oh, the yeah. game that he hit hit um, Watson across the middle of the field. Do you remember that? It was yep. like late in the fourth, fourth quarter. So, oh, yeah, if that connection can continue, and we can see that, um I think that love is going to probably surprise people, so I love the dive that you did here. It was deep sure. into the dumpster. Um, <laughs> it was it was definitely Threw some
2: apple cores out of my way, got deep yeah,
1: coming out. You don't smell completely horrible yet. it's great yeah you know? we'll
2: we'll get there though' <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to we'll get, get there.
1: there we're we're going deep in this <laughs> so and I mean, my next one's a little. A little deeper, not much deeper. So we're still the surface level of the dumpster, and that's <laughs> and that's Kenny Pickett. And I love what Pittsburgh did this year. They went out and bolstered the offensive line. Uh, we're looking like, I mean, they they drafted a tight end, a blocking tight end at that. They mm-hmm. got one of the best O lines in the draft in round one, in my opinion. They come back late in the draft and get another O line. So the Steelers year in and year out, continue to have good drafts, in my opinion. They always oh, yeah. tackle what they need, right? And, and so the offensive line was was their weakness last year. Their defense was a little weak, but they had injuries, and so they, they acknowledged that and just hyper-focused the offensive line. Smart. I think that gives Kenny Pickett enough more time, I should say, to throw the ball. He already has the weapons, right? He has Deontay Johnson. He's got Pickens. They just got Allen Robinson. He still has Pat Firemouth. He's got a running back that can handle the ball 300 times on the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of balance to this offense, which I really like, but the biggest thing is that we expect Pickett to take another step forward. As a rookie, he even with that bad offensive line, he saw 63% completion percentage. Right. Not great, not horrible for a rookie, no. pretty, pretty damn good, right? So, yeah, a lot of his metrics were just kind of meh last year and it kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about him. I understand that, you know, he wasn't the most dynamic rookie quarterback we've seen. There was a lot of, there was a lot of opportunity. I mean, he, he had the second most interceptable passes um, that, were, that were there for this team. So there was a lot of negative for Piggott. I don't want to focus on that because number one, it's my dumpster dive. But number two, <laughs> we're going we're to throw that. are about throwing it? Throwing don't the, think about it. We're throwing that You're out of the dumpster. Don't think about it. We're throwing that out of the dumpster. <laughs> A lot of that was because of this line. And so whenever you are hurried and you're rushed, especially as a rookie in the NFL, you come out, you're trying to get acclimated to the speed. And on top of it, you have mm. th- you're have you being rushed on top of it with this horrible O-line play. There's so much room for improvement here in this offense. The Steelers are also a top 10, top 12 expected pass team in the NFL. Love the opportunities that we're going to see inside the passing game. think that's going to equate to fantasy points. I can see this kind of being kind of like a Blake Bortles situation who was not a good real life quarterback but a really good fantasy quarterback mm-hmm. kind of owned he owned the fourth quarter and always had that just you garbage time right we talk about dumpster diving and garbage time Kenny Pickett could see a lot of garbage time this year inside the NFL which is going to equate to fantasy points
2: Kenny Pickett for me was someone I was so against in 2022 the hand size thing i couldn't get over i'm not gonna lie to you it just seemed like a metric that was undefeated it was it was a measurable that was completely undefeated but you know i'm starting to come around on kenny pickett uh because he did prove that he was a bit of a winner which is good to know it's not really something we get for fantasy but it's good for the, the progression if we can expect and maybe even rely upon kenny pickett getting better through the years that is something that we can kind of hang our head on and get excited about. The other thing that I'm really getting excited about is the division. The NFC, the AFC North is trying to shed that grind them out, you know, slow pace. I mean, look at the Bengals, they have a fantastic offense. The Cleveland Browns are they are doing nothing but showing all of us that they want to kick it up a notch and chuck the rock. Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be getting a little bit more pass happy with Todd Munkin and the receivers that they brought into town. So if there is more scoring in the AFC North, that is going to bode well for a team in and in a player like Kenny Pickett, who is surrounded by those good weapons that you mentioned. His best comparable player on our website, playprofile.com, Ryan Tannehill. And believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill has two seasons where he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback on a points per game basis. That was in 2019 in 2020 surround Kenny Pickett with some weapons. He's got that sneaky rushing ability. You know, he's above average athlete. He had three rushing touchdowns last year. And when you look at those years where Tannehill did perform, he had four and seven rushing touchdowns in those two years. I don't think seven's probably on the high end for a Kenny Pickett, but I mean, if he pushes that pace and gets close, we're going to look at a guy who's out producing that, you know, quarterback 22 or whatever it is in his ADP. Couple non-dumpster
1: stats that I want to talk about. <laughs> Talked about how much he was under pressure. Yeah, he was actually quarterback six in accuracy rating under pressure, six point three. He was also quarterback six in deep ball accuracy rating. He was number one in deep ball catchable pass rate, seventy-five point six percent. Number one in pressured catch pass rate. Like he just got used to being pressured. It looks like right yeah it's he's gonna have so much more time he's not gonna know what to do himself this year yep and then quarterback (laughs) quarterback number two in catchable pass rate so there are glimpses of 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 Mm -hmm. i should say hope that pickett's gonna outproduce this number i like the weapons he has i like the offense i like what you just mentioned about this division kind of changing shape and form i think there's a lot of positive things to look for inside kenny pickett Let's move on to running backs again. I'm going to let you lead the charge at running back.
2: So we did a good job talking quarterbacks. Like we didn't go to the state. Like you said, there's not a whole lot of crud on our clothes. We still smell relatively good. Well, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I don't know if I'm going to survive uh, this part of the dumpster. I'm going pretty deep because I'm going to talk about Devin Singletary, the new running back for the Houston Texans. Uh, UD, uh, ADPs are running back 50. So we are talking, I mean, there is some shit down here. There's some stuff we do not like at this part of the dumpster, but over his four years in the NFL, this is what he's averaged on a points per game basis in fantasy, 12.3, 9.0, 11.6 and 10.5. Those are not astronomical numbers. Those are not numbers that you necessarily uh, are going to get super excited about, but when the bullets are flying and you're looking for running back help, Devin Singletary might be someone that can help you in your toughest of moments. He's been, a, you know, a top 30 running back in the last two seasons, uh, and believe it or not, he does have a little bit of shake in his game. In 2022, he was top 20 in evaded tackles and the breakaway run metrics, so he's not just a complete plug up the middle. He's got a little bit extra to his game, and he's a little sneaky in the passing game. Believe it or not. He ran 296 routes last year. That was the eighth most amongst qualified running backs. He had a 51% route participation rate. That was top 12. And he held about a 10% target share on Buffalo. Uh, So, you know, the fact that he was able to be reliable without being a a complete obvious weapon in the passing game, I think is encouraging as he heads over to Houston. He had six total touchdowns last year. Uh, That is a 2.8% touchdown rate. But. His expected fantasy points were higher than his fantasy points per game. And that suggests to me that his output, you know, it does reflect his his actual play. He's not completely touchdown dependent. He is a decent enough running back to get it done. Houston has a pretty thin, wide uh, running back room. Damian Pierce is there. But he's a fourth round pick and he was hurt last year. So if he were to get hurt again, it's really the Devin Singletary show unless Mike Boone or Darian Gubawale get more reps. But again, it's a pretty light room. And Houston is projected to have a fairly soft schedule this year, and with the rookie quarterback coming in, Devin Singletary could be a, a sneaky dumpster dive that could help you in twenty twenty three.
1: Does so? I know. I don't know. How to, let me let me let me restart. Let me, me rewind this back. Reboot. Reboot. Let me reboot. Brain brain was going. Damn, like, he really like, is the machine in man versus machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reboot here. Does it? Concern you that we've only seen him on the Bills, and now he goes to Houston, where we know it's not the Bills. We know they're probably going to be bottom of the league in a lot of categories. They're mm-hmm. probably going to be bottom of the league in wins. They're going to be throwing the ball more. They may not be running the ball more, which would make him his benefit. But the fact that a lot of the only thing we know about Singletary has been with Buffalo and Josh Allen. Does it concern you now that he's on this less than stellar offense?
2: I'm glad you brought that up. it's It's obviously when you go from an offense like the Bills to Houstons, you can't say you can't be excited about that. But what I will say is the games where he was used the most were in their close competition games. I don't have that stat off hand. I probably should look it up. But uh, last year, the games he produced were the games where Buffalo had a close game. I think within uh, seven points was his most productive days. So it wasn't like he was just the beneficiary of them you know, dog walking teams. He wasn't getting all the garbage time touchdowns or anything of that nature. He was being used when they needed him the most in those close contests. So I think the fact that he's, you know, like like I mentioned, he does have a little bit extra in his profile, I think, that he's been given credit for. He's not, you know, he's not great, but at the same time, given the the lightness in the room, I I think it's a downgrade and you can't discount that. That's true. But the fact that he was used in such grind-em-out games, I think is a more familiar situation that he will be with the Texans.
1: Yeah, I I don't think we'll ever see his RB30 days like we saw inside of Buffalo again, right? He was RB30 last year, points per game, 24 and 21, 39 in 2020. Um, Less than stellar offense, like I said. Nonetheless, I still think he's involved. I have him projected for 30% of the rushing share there. I have him for just under 600 rushing yards, for touchdowns on the ground. I do have him... um, with about 30 targets here. Uh what did you say the underdog ADP was?
2: Uh running back 50. Okay. I have
1: him right at 50. So I'm right in line here. ECR is actually slightly higher than both of us. They've met RB46. I like, I like the dumpster dive here because this is just. It's two it's a two-headed backfield here. I could see a scenario where he takes on more of the passing down role, right? I always like to look at every angle and say, Am I missing something? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I like I I think that it's pretty clear Damon Pierce is the is the is the one and two down back. Probably mixes in on Thursday down as well. Singletary yeah. may take that role over. I have him pretty close right now in the projections, both of them. Um, but there's a world, there's a scenario in which I could see Devin Singletary carving out that role and and, and and being more than his than than Damon Pierce, so I like the dumpster dive, dude. I, dude, I, dude, I Are you do, just I, do I do. Pulling off the
2: I do. banana peel on my shoulder and throwing <laughs> away the the
1: cheeseburger wrapper. He's got he's got cheese curds on his shoulder <laughs> and- <laughs> that I, I may have not
2: looked to see if there's any uh, fries in there. <laughs> um, all right, mine's
1: mine's a, mine was deeper, but it, in the last couple of days, news has come out regarding this running back. Yes, And I saw his ADP climb three rounds today inside of a draft. He was going on average around 16 in, in some platforms, around 17 in some platforms. If you were drafting early in the season, you could get him in round 20. Yesterday, he goes round 13 inside of a draft. Ooh. And that is Jerome Ford running back for Cleveland. I have met RB43. ECR has not caught up yet. They're at running back 62. ADP is running back. 58. So it's catching up. Um, a lot of my changes are not even showing on the site because I updated them yesterday. They're going to be posted tonight when Dario gets back. Um, and so Jerome Ford, there's not a lot of we don't have a lot of history on him in the NFL, right? There's just we have his college production, which we know he was successful in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was drafted at pick 513 last year, and and so never really used much, right? But he has. Decent speed, 4.46, decent decent uh, speed score at 84th percentile. Yep. Um, we only saw him on eight attempts last year. We did, yards per carry were not great, though, 1.5. But, the big but, there's no Kareem Hunt in this offense. There's no Jernis Johnson in this offense. We've seen the hesitance from the Cleveland Browns coaching staff to give Chubb this large pass-down role, which we've all hoped for every year, in, in, in inside the fantasy community so that being said i expect jerome ford to be involved in the passing game in this offense i okay. expect him to be pretty i don't think that he's going to take on as large of a role that we saw from kareem hunt i do think it's wheels up nick chubb season and i'm gonna make a bet again that he's the leading rusher in the nfl i do it every year and one of these years i'm gonna be right <laughs> I swear, I promise. This is going to be it. <laughs> this is your
2: Max Kellerman take. Yeah, that you just I, ride it out till it happens, baby. It's going
1: to finally happen. I'm going to win. I'm going to be I'm going to break even on all the other bad bets I'm in. And so, but I think that Chubb probably sees 55 57% of the rush share. Jerome mm-hmm. Ford probably sees 25 26 27% of the rush share, which is about 122 rushing attempts. I do think though that he's going to be involved in the passing game. So I have him right now roughly for about 6% inside of the target share, which is about 35 targets. Uh, Gets him to about 25 receptions. So not a large chunk, but this is flexible, especially when you get into bye weeks, right? Like I mentioned earlier, it's RB 43 for me. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely worse that you could do at the position. And who knows, he might carve out a larger role inside of the rush game. We've seen Chubb, you know, get banged up from time to time where that has given Hunt the entire piece of the pie. I don't think Jerome Ford will ever take on the full workload lo- if, if, if chunk, uh, if not chunk <laughs> uh, so I'll just combine
2: them together. I,
1: Wait, I, another I, system re- reboot. We need another. <laughs> system reboot. Let's, get that, let's get it going. I don't think he's ever going to take on the full workload, but he would take on a larger role if we ever did see an injury there. And yeah. so I like the ADP for Ford. We're expecting this offense to be a little bit better. I do have concerns about uh, Watson. And I mentioned those concerns yesterday on first class fantasy. Nonetheless, we expect this offense to be better than it was last year, and I think that we have a pretty good opportunity in line for Jerome Ford.
2: Where, where, where are you suspecting uh, you know his, his pass-catching projections come from? Because he didn't catch a lot of passes at the University of Cincinnati, but he is an athletic guy like you mentioned. So he, it seems like he's capable of hauling in some targets, and that was kind of the role that Kareem Hunt had. So if they do kind of slide him into that, uh, is that kind of where you're basing your projections off of is the previous role in the offense?
1: yeah i have him right now exactly for almost the same target share as chubb it's just because i don't think that they will just give it to chubb as much Mm -hmm. as i want to see it i would love to see chubb with like seven and a half percent right which is super
2: say on chubb that's that's full super say on chubb
1: yeah that would be wonderful we've kind of seen him float in that like four to five range right Mm -hmm. for for years and so um Hunt has just always eaten into that role. I just don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to just give him all those targets. I think they probably use these backs in combination, and I know that it was never a strength for Ford inside of the passing game. But I do think that they involve him in the passing game, and six percent isn't massive. It might be five percent, right? But it's still mm-hmm. going to be enough to where he's going to be Flex consideration in bye weeks and and could be, you know, it's a, it's a great stash in case, you know, Nick Chubb goes down.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw Johnson step up. What was that Thursday night game against the Bengals where he had two touchdowns over 20 fantasy points. This is a very good role to have a running back piece in whether it's the starter or the backup. So I do think that Jerome Ford's great. I've grabbed him in a number of places because I do believe that he will have some spike weeks for your best ball drafts. And I do believe he might even be pretty reliable if he does get that Kareem Hunt role. We watched Hunt last year, man. I mean, he looked dusty he did he did yeah. not look like he had much left in the tank uh, a, a guy with the speed and and the 40 yard you know that uh, the ability of drone ford could be a nice spark for the Browns. so you know this is a nice spot to go dumpster diving right here is drone ford but he All might right. be out of the dumpster soon though i mean he's climbing he might be out of the dumpster very soon
1: it's like that sweater arm that's kind of leaning out of the dumpster. You know, it's just it's like, like
2: oh, wait a second. <laughs> you know, it's like, a new, you see those TikToks in New York City, people be just walking down the, hall, down the streets like, oh, there's my new uh, coffee table in the trash. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's Jerome Ford. He's not quite dumpster, but he's, he's going to go in my apartment.
1: Yeah, it's, it's becoming not dumpstery enough. Well, let's, let's move on to the wide receiver position. I see a name on the sheet that you're about to talk about, which makes me very, very happy, Maddie. I think that you just did it to suck up to the host, but Mm -mm. why don't you tell
2: everybody in here who that name is? Me? Me? Suck up to the host? I mean, (laughs) it's almost like I want to be invited back to the Dominator again. But, you know, I mean, it also could just be with Simpatico. The guy you're going to talk about was also on my list of dumpster dive wide receivers. So maybe, maybe we're just mind mail. We're just maybe on the same page, but the wide receiver that I want to talk about, Marvin Jones. That's right. Marvin Jones, that's been around. Say his 19- name again. Say his name 42. again. His Marvin again. Jones. Say it again.
1: Say it again. Say it again.
3: Marvin
2: Jones. Amy. I swear, people,
1: I did not pay him to put this name on the no. sheet. He put it he nope. put
2: it on the sheet himself. It's like, hey, this is or this is completely organic, and I can prove <laughs> it because I have stuff written down. If I just said it to to get the host on my side, I wouldn't have any stats, but I do, people. (laughs) While Jameson Williams is suspended, he projects to run as the team's primary outside deep threat receiver, right? And we know in this this offense, this Detroit Lions offense, it can be a a good spot for fantasy. Over his entire career, my man has been an air yard specialist. The only season that he did not accumulate over 1,000 air yards was in 2016 where he only played nine games. But air, you know, most of his career, he's been a pretty healthy, reliable option for football teams, which is great for fantasy football. And DJ Shark in 2022, which is the role that Jones theoretically projects to play in while J-Mo is, uh, well, suspend, suspended for gambling on company premise. Uh, premise? No, what Premises. am I looking at? Premises. Premises. Yeah, there it is. In the establishment. In the est- Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> he had four games. DJ Shark did in this offense. Four games in his limited time uh, with 14 or plus fantasy points. So, again, it's very lucrative. And then we look at the schedule to start the season. Kansas City, Seattle, Atlanta, Green Bay. Last year, according to past DVOA, Kansas City was 20th. Seattle was 17th. Atlanta was 29th. Green Bay was nice, so they had a pretty good pass defense. But if this team is a a more of a shoot them out type of uh, game in week four, that could be very beneficial for Marvin Jones. So I'm thinking you're looking at some nice uh, opponents to start the season, and dare I say you go this deep in the dumpster, you'll take four to six weeks of production.
1: Just a heads up, while you were preaching this, I downloaded this soundbite, and I'm going to play it. as I literally (laughs) downloaded it as you were talking.
3: Amen to that shit.
2: i need it i need that for all my shows do i need it i just googled i, I googled preaching uh when, when i what i google here
1: preach soundbite <laughs> oh i love it
2: i love it oh man
1: yeah okay and i want to start off by saying that this would have been the first year that i probably would have been a little less than maybe excited for marvin jones but that was up until James Williams was suspended. It changed mm-hmm. everything. It literally changed oh, everything. Because prior to that, we were talking about maybe 7% target share for Marvin Jones, maybe 8%, right. maybe 9% if we're lucky. If we got extremely lucky, maybe 10%. Very lucky. But Jamison Williams missing the first six weeks, it opens up the door for a lot of targets in this offense, a lot of opportunity. That moved Marvin Jones conservatively in my projections to 13% target share. Josh Reynolds moved up to like 10%. Leaf Raymond moved to 7%. We're start getting dustier and dustier and dumpstery and dumpstery and more dumpstery.
2: Deeper, deep the deeper, deeper the dumpster. deeper and
1: deeper we go. That being said, I talked about this yesterday again on First Class Fantasy as well. Inside drafts, being able to take Jamison Williams in like round 11, depending upon the the, board, the platform that you're on, and mm-hmm. then be able to get Marvin Jones in round like he's climbing now, round 18, 19. He used to go in round 20. You just have to scroll down the page and click him. Now you can get them in that range. You are guaranteeing yourself the wide receiver two in this offense that looked pretty damn good down the stretch last year.
2: They did. We yes. know
1: that they're going to be a lot of attention. I'm on Ross St. Brown. They have a dynamic running back duo right now with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I said it that way just to piss people off because they're going to say that I like <laughs> David Montgomery more. Oh, yeah. dog. you dog. You <laughs> don't. They have they have a rookie tight end that's going to work his way into a role. In the meantime, mm-hmm. we know that tight ends, rookie tight ends especially, start off slow. They learn the offense. They're learning blocking schemes. They're learning their routes. It's the yep. reason why it takes these tight ends time to get acclimated to the NFL. Guess what? It's all going to happen in that six-week time span when we have Jameson Williams on suspension, which is even more of a reason to like Marvin Jones the first six weeks of the season. So... I love that dumpster play. I love it. I love it. I love it. I did not pay him to say it. He's wide receiver number 74 in my rankings. ECR is 95. ADP is climbing at 89. Mm-hmm. So it's clear I like him more than most. I've been saying it for years. I like him more than most. He just seems to be kind of old, reliable. And especially in best ball, he has those spike weeks. He scores those touchdowns. We look back last year, and these are not stellar by any means. But I want to say, Where he's going in drafts, like I just said, he's ADP, wide receiver 89. He's ECR, wide receiver 95. Listen to what he did even last year. Week three, wide receiver 36. Mm -hmm. Week five, wide receiver 14. Week seven, wide receiver 43. Week nine, wide receiver 29. Week 12, wide receiver 39. Week 15, wide receiver 45. Week 17, wide receiver 23. And then close out the season in in the, you know, he finishes as wide receiver 18 and wide receiver 21. Again, that it is in the playoffs, so it changes things a bit. But mm-hmm. again, not outstanding. I'm not saying that he's this top 30, top 40 receiver. Right. I'm, I have not ranked as wide receiver 70, and that's 20 spots higher than where he's going in drafts. And it's, we've seen him just even last year have spike weeks that are going to make up for that ADP. And I, I think there's a lot worse that you can do at that position in drafts. And I love it. I love the dumpster pick there.
2: We are talking dumpster, right? Exactly. We're not talking about the high end talents here. We're talking about going deep in the in the dumpster. Let me ask this though. If you were to miss, let's say someone snipes you on JMO, are you still dialing up Marvin Jones later in the draft? I'm less likely. Like okay. If, I, I go
1: into the draft with a purpose, right? And if I'm doing a lion stack and I miss Jamison Williams. If I have Amon Ross, St. Brown, I'll do it right. If I don't, right. I'll probably look at someone like Laporta because I don't need the stack now as much. I'll maybe grab someone like round twenty, go for like a Josh Reynolds, just as a a one off that you might be able to get a few touchdowns and just you're trying to diversify or trying to become abnormal, right? I'm trying to be unique, right? Yeah. I, I don't I don't need to have you know this perfect lineup. I just want to have someone that not everybody always has in their roster, and so mm-hmm. that's it's it's very unique when I do that, but. I'm not doing all the time. So answer your question. It depends on the, on the build, but if I can't stack them, I'm usually going a different direction. Okay. That's good to know. My dumpster dive here. And this changed says on the image inside YouTube, there was two names or the two pictures. It was Paris Campbell. And it was John Mechie. I was going to talk about these two today. Talked about one of them yesterday. So we can just go back and watch that. <laughs> yeah. And insert it here for everybody. The news changed today. We saw DeAndre Hopkins get released. Yep, I've already talked about Rondell Moore so much this season. He's one of my guys on the site, The little finger.
2: My guy. My guy. (laughs) Rondell Moore.
1: Now he's even more my guy. I've been betting on this had to happen. We've been talking about DeAndre Hopkins being moved all offseason. Everybody knew it was going to happen, even though he came out last week and said he was there in Arizona. Dario and I talked about a man versus machine, even though he said it. And this was this week. We don't think he's still staying. Went through today. Worked the magic on the projections. Counted for DeAndre Hopkins. Out of the equation. That was almost 23% of the target share. That's up for grabs now inside of this offense. I diversified, or not diverse, but I, I moved all that target share around. Gave Marquise Brown a slight bump. I gave Rondell Moore a slight bump. I gave Greg Dortch a decent-sized bump. Hmm. Okay. All these guys went higher in the rankings, of course, because you have more opportunity. This offense is still a bad offense. Don't get me wrong. This offense is still going to suck. Yeah, but it's still an NFL team. They're still going to be throwing the ball. They're still going to be scoring touchdowns. They're still going to be playing from behind. They're still going to have a lot more opportunity to throw the ball. I'm still expecting them to throw the ball, you know, 580 to 590 times this season. And so that opens up a lot of doors. Especially when you're playing from behind. Especially if your name is Rondell Moore. And that's who my dumpster dive is today. And I... I love Rondell Moore. I mean, I the Ant-Man, right? It's on Onside the site. Like, he's this yeah. tiny, little, tiny little midget. 5'7", 181 pounds. Speedy as hell, though. 4.37 mm-hmm. speed. Whew. Love the speed. 96th percentile last year. The biggest thing with Rondell Moore is just being able to stay on the field. Hasn't played a full season. Rookie year saw 14 games. Last year only saw eight games, but it was an encouraging eight games, right? Uh, you look yep. at his target rate when he was on the field was 22.6%. Yeah. Now there's no DeAndre Hopkins. That number's going up. And so he runs primarily the slot. What happens when you have an, so we have no Kyler Murray for X amount of weeks. We have an inexperienced quarterback at helm. What happens when the inexperienced quarterback comes onto the field? Who do they target? They target the the tight end. They target Mm -hmm. over the middle of the slot, and they target the running backs in the the flats and dumping offs. This is going to benefit Rondell more significantly in this offense, especially because you have somebody like Ertz coming back from surgery as well. Mm -hmm. There is no reason for them to rush back Kyler Murray. There's no reason for them to rush back Ertz. They're going to let this offense just remain kind of in the dumpster, like all of our picks here today. And <laughs> and they're going to just yep. let this this kind of naturally happen. And with them playing from behind, we expect this pace of play to be in the receiver's favor, 100% in this offense. I think that we have a lot of, of opportunity here for Rondell Moore. And so at 18% target share in this offense, that's roughly 105 targets. I gave him a 75% catch rate, which is almost a 3.5% decline from, from his, his average here just because of the inconsistency of the quarterback position that we're going to have. I gave him a, a decrease in yards per reception. Still gave him 705 receiving yards. That gave him just above five touchdowns, 5.7. Okay, He comes in. You want to guess where he comes in on my, my rankings?
2: Wide receiver, 45. Ooh, you're close. 42. Ooh.
1: ADP right now is wide receiver 77. I've been smashing him because I know whenever I'm drafting this early in the year, I try to think to myself, which players have the best chance to really climb. Right. I'm talking when I say really climb, I'm talking like truly four, ascend to a different five, line. yes, like four, five, six rounds. Right. Like we saw it last year, like even with receivers like Pittman. We saw it last year with receivers like Mike Williams. We're going like In this time last year, and like even in March and April, February, they were going in like rounds eight and nine. They started going as rounds two and three last year, right? Seasons didn't work out that well. But someone like Rondell Moore, who was going as wide receiver 77, you're talking about the back half of draft, true dumpster diving here. Mm -hmm. Where does he go now, Maddie, in your opinion? DeAndre Hopkins out, you jump into a draft, let's say right now, ADP is going to slowly react, doesn't just immediately, doesn't just go from like round 15 to round 10 in one day. It right. can happen at some positions to some players, but where do you expect him to land after all this
3: news?
2: So I think I the I think we're going to see him kind of shoot a little bit past his ECR. So his ECR is wide receiver sixty one. I think he's going to start settling around fifty five, and then you'll see the steady incline or the steady you know climb up throughout the rest of the offseason because he he is that type of player too. That you know I know we don't necessarily can we can't quantify hype, but hype does factor into a lot of our decision-making going into draft season. Uh, But, you know, do draft now because this is where you're going to still get a little bit of that discount because we see him making some plays, getting on the field. We believe he's healthy. That's when we're going to see that true ascent because, like you said, 96 targets are now out the door with D-Hop being released. There's so many targets. Someone thinks I'm drunk. I'm sober.
1: I swear to God I'm sober. I have not drank it's, today. It's like I am three gonna drink
2: where you're from right now.
1: I mean, I've drinking much earlier than three o'clock, but come on, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it on the <laughs> dominator. We're trying to dominate here. No, we're dominating. wine. <laughs> so like, and I'm, I, I can attest to this. Whenever I draft, I drink. So if that's ten a.m., I'm drinking at ten a.m. It's like kind of like my ritual. It's like the thing I yeah. go through. I like I crack a beer. And we'll I, a, up. I, I won't have wine at ten in the morning. Like it's, like, it's kind of where I draw the line. It's like I might <laughs> have like a Bailey's and coffee. I might, I might crack a cool beer and have like. You know, ran rancheros in the morning, right? But it's it's I swear, is it calm, Cam, Calm? I'm gonna calm calm. I I I'm sober. There's just it's it breaks down to opportunity <laughs> in this offense. It's hundred percent opportunity. Yeah. And because he runs routes that are so short, right? He gets separation. And whenever you have this quarterback, inexperienced quarterback at home, they're gonna target a receiver that gets separation. Why does sure. receiver were 13 a separation last year, 2.13 yards? And that's because he's running, you know, short yards short short, short routes. But again, because of the short routes, he wins versus man, right? He, he won, what is it? Why does he were 21 in route win rate last year? And so target separation versus man, why does he were number two in the league? And so we see that on 16. Games, if he can stay healthy, we see that extrapolated without DeAndre Hopkins, we set on eighteen mm-hmm. percent target share on a low side. I just talked about earlier; it was twenty two and a half percent when he was on the field. I'm very conservative projection here, and he's still at wide receiver forty ish. So I am not mad drunk. I will
2: be drunk <laughs> later, but not right now. After we clean up from this dumpster diving, we'll have a few. We're gonna have to have a few. So freshen ourselves up. you I mean. Last year, in six games, he ran over 30 routes. And in those games, he averaged 14.1 fantasy points. He had back-to-back weeks where he had double-digit targets. I mean, this guy does command, you know, you get him the ball. And when you look at their running back depth chart, I know you guys are saying, uh, is Matty drunk? Talking about running backs, talking about receivers. There's really a whole bunch of grinders in that. So there could be some manufactured touches where he's coming out of the backfield. You know, quick screens, Texas routes, kind of wheel routes from the backfield. So they could do a whole lot to manufacture touches for such a speedy receiver. And don't forget this, boys and girls. Remember the video when Jonathan Gannon was in the building? Pew, 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 shots, explosive. He said that to Rondell Moore. He could have said that to anybody. No, no, he said that to Moore. And I think it's because we're going to see those pew, 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 shots, explosive, going to Rondell Moore this year.
3: Amen to that shit.
2: (laughs) Yes, oh, I have my gosh. new favorite sound clip. We're going to use that
1: every day. Um <laughs> last thing on rondo Moore, and we'll move on to tight end position. It's Snapshare. All right. He saw 90% of Snapshare almost or more in every single week except for the week he got hurt, week 11, and then week 4, 89.7. We can round up to 90% here, right? And so, oh, I missed one. 87 and against New Orleans. But look at the targets he saw. He had of those games so again he only played in eight games last year three of those were of ob- over double digit targets mm. week six week nine week 10 he saw 10 targets 10 targets 13 targets those weeks this is it could be a ppr machine and that's all we need in, is receptions inside this oh, game yeah. and oh yeah you, you, this could be like he's maybe not have a ton of yardage but receptions is the name of the game in ppr
2: in the spike week will be there. If the receptions are there, the spike weeks will be there because he's that explosive. I mean, we're talking about 96 percentile, 40 yards uh, a dash. So the guy can scoop.
1: All right, let's move on to the most frustrating position in ranking and projections the tight end position. And why don't you dive deep into that dumpster and pull out a name for me?
2: So I would like to talk about, um, say, uh, I was going to try to make a joke and have a, a re- tight end that wasn't a dumpster diver let's go with dallas goddard we're gonna go deep into the dumpster actually that's not a dumpster dive at all right? that's, not dumpster dive. That's, that's not like, a dumpster that's fine dining
1: in the restaurant behind the dumpster or in front of the dumpster
2: <laughs> this is a fine one all right so let's get dirty boys let's go let's get deep into the dumpster let's go with gerald everett tight end 20 right now on underdog last year 2022 he had 9.3 fantasy points a game that was number 11 so you're getting tight end twenty, who was just tight end eleven on a points per game basis a year ago. He was eighth in the league amongst qualified tight ends with 302 yards after catch, and he had a 53.3 percent contested catch rate. That was sixth highest. That's what we like to see from tight ends—guys that can get up and get that ball, yank it away from the defenders, and score big time plays. I know the the Chargers did add Quentin Johnston this year, but I don't think we can truly expect you know Keenan Allen. Uh, and Mike Williams to be healthy all year long. So, I think with you know, when we kind of factor in the games missed from the receivers, I think we're looking at a very similar role to uh, uh you know, Gerald Everett in 2023 that we saw in 2022. There's a lot of rumors flying that they were in on Kincaid, that they were in on Michael Mayer, that they were going to take a receipt, a, a tight end in the first round. They didn't take a tight end in the first round, I don't think they took a tight end, period. So, they are comfy with Mr. Everett in that role. Last year, he had 87 targets. I could absolutely see him eclipsing that 80 target mark again this year. So the opportunities should be there for Everett. And, you know, it will be a second year with Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert is projected to be healthy this year. So I really like Everett as that sneaky dumpster dive tight end for 2023. You know, if we were going just off my rankings
1: over at playerprofiler.com, you can get them using code Billy for an all-in package at $10 off. Maddie's winning, so we need to take away his success and use Billy code. <laughs> Billy, spell that M-A-T-Y, Billy. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have Maz Titan in 15 in the rankings over at the site. ECR is pretty close to me at 16, ADP 20, so ADP has not caught up yet. But this offense... Is one of my favorite offense. It's, it probably is my favorite offense in the NFL Ooh. in 2023. Just because one, we have a healthy Herbert. Two, it is an offense that passes the most in the NFL. I have them expected as the number one pass heaviest offense in the NFL this year at 672 pass attempts. Last year, we saw Herbert just go bonanzas inside the passing attempts with a hurt shoulder, with mm-hmm. a broken rib. The guy yep. was still throwing the ball. Yep, tough kid. You mentioned they did not go out and get another tight end. I was actually expecting them to. They did not, um, which signaled to me that they were happy with Gerald Everett and in and, and what he was going to contribute to this offense. Um, Gerald Everett inside my projections at 12% target share, which is not a lot, you know, right? 12, 12%, right. that's still over 80 targets because this offense is so pass heavy. Mm-hmm. We gave him a modest catch percentage of 67% right and 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 that still gives him nearly 600 receiving yards and that gives him nearly five touchdowns. So this is again mean projections. They're not ceiling projections, they're not floor projections. They're mean
2: projections. they mm-hmm. They're not was, nice, they're mean. They're mean, yeah. I had yeah. to make the dad joke, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that
1: Kellen Moore here now comes over from Dallas yep. who has shown his creativeness inside the when he was the OC over in Dallas. Um the i've gone through this before in previous pause i'll save everybody all the the details information but pretty much every stat has been top five in the nfl with him at helm as an Mm -hmm. oc in my opinion has a better quarterback now he's got even more weapons inside the passing game you know keenan allen yes is getting old but still a great route runner still has mike williams who is still going to be you know a big playmaker still has josh palmer who is just a solid number three slash four they go out and draft quentin johnson it's going to open up the field even more for Gerald Everett. They finally resolve the contract situation for Austin mm-hmm. Eckler. Right. So we're seeing everything come together for this offense. You'd love to see it happen this early in camp where the team can start meshing together, getting reps together. And we we'll finally see everybody on the field to start the season, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. But Gerald Everett in line for another, you know, 80 plus targets in this offense. Gotta love how late he's going in drafts. One of my go-to players inside underdog right now. Love it. Um, let's go ahead and talk about my dumpster dive. Uh, tight end right now, ADP is tight end twenty nine. ECR stinky He's stinky. Real, we story, are stinky now,
2: baby. Tight
1: end, tight end. ECR is twenty three minus twenty one inside the ranks, and that's Noah Fant versus Seattle. Uh, Noah Fant has not lived up to the expectations that he had coming out of college. Right, it, I expected him to be phenomenal like i love this yeah. guy came out of college it just what was
2: not what's not to love he's a
1: stud yeah it's i i feel like he's just i don't know if it's like maybe he just couldn't translate to the nfl or he's been misunderutilized underutilized his entire career but it's now it's been two teams so i'm starting to think now it's the player not necessarily just the coaches right because we came out of college it was like everything across the board was 96 percentile or better it was right. agility score 96 percentile it was catch radius 98th percentile it was burst score 97th percentile it was speed score 97th percentile it was 40 yard dash 98th percentile okay we haven't lived up to the expectations right his career high is 673 yards 2020 but last year saw career low 486 receiving yards seems like i'm making a case against Noah Fant here but i do think that this offense Is it surprised people last year? I think it's going to surprise people again this year. We now have DK Metcalf on the field. We still have J. We have now JSN. We still have Lockett. Mm -hmm. But big but, this team runs a lot of 12 personnel. Yes, it does. And with the amount of 12 personnel they run, we're going to see more Noah Fant than people may want inside of 2023. People are expecting JSN to be this monster contributor in his rookie year. I hate to say it, he's probably not going to be. He's going to be involved, but he's not going to be. I have a bet with Theo. Why does he were 36 or higher? Okay, pause it pause here. Why does, he were, <laughs> why does he were 36 over or under for you? Under. Okay. So wait, under wait, wait, wait. Right? wait. So 30, gonna...
2: I have him at 37 or worse.
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes.
2: Yeah. So that'd be over? or what? Yeah, you might as well
1: paint out, Theo. Yep. Yeah, I have him yeah. finishing outside the top 36.
2: That's what I. That's that's what that's what I wanted to say.
1: Yeah, Theo C. That's on guest now appearance. Theo, you are over two on votes, so you might as well. Tyler
2: Lockett that. is no slouch. Let's not act that's like insane. Tyler Lockett's some Buster. All right,
1: all right, all right. Back to the dumpster dive. Back to Noah Fan. <laughs> Back right. in the dumpster. <laughs> so last year, so t- we talk about the. I gave him. You know, he only had eleven point four target share. I gave him twelve percent this year. Target rate nineteen percent last year in in on this office nineteen point one percent. Everything kind of across the board, just right at where his ADP is. But I like the 12 personnel. I think this offense is going to be in better positions. I think they're going to mm-hmm. be in more red zone opportunities. They have another year with Geno Smith. They have another year with everything coming together. For me, it, again, I talk about this all the time, about an offense needing time to click. When you have a new quarterback and a new system, it takes time for them to develop that routine. It takes time for them to get comfortable with their weapons. You know, Fant left from Denver, came over last year to Seattle got to get acclimated with the team, get acclimated with the coaches, build the trust. This is a process, folks. It doesn't just happen right away. Sometimes it does. It's just wonderful to see. But more often than not, it takes time for these people to build the trust, takes time for them to get acclimated with the offenses, takes time for them to get in a rhythm with their quarterback. So year two, here we are. Geno Smith looked good last year. Surprisingly good. Offense is looking even better, looking stronger could potentially have a chance to sneak this division away from the Niners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My Niners. hope it doesn't happen, but it's a <laughs> real possibility. And, and yeah, Noah good. Fant could be part
2: of that equation. I think he will be part of it. And I think one thing we can't necessarily uh, you know, spell out here right now, but I think it's easy to, to picture in your head. Four touchdowns last year. So I think we can see that number go up. When you're thinking about opposing defenses setting up and they see JSN lock it. DK, either uh, Walker or Charbonnet in the backfield. They're going to have to account for all of these bodies. And then just no offense, super athlete kind of springing free, you know, close to the red zone. That could, if that number bumps up to six, seven touchdowns, you're cashing in when you're getting him at tight end 29. He was tight end 23 on a points per game basis a year ago. So that's already six points of perceived value from this year to, from last year to this year. And when we're talking ball, we just need those spike weeks, you know, two touchdown week or a span of three touchdowns in five or six weeks. I think that's absolutely on the table for Noah Fenton and his skill set. So when you're going this deep in the dumpster, this is what we're looking at, especially in this position, touchdowns. And we could see him have his career high in touchdowns in
1: 2023. OK, Disco Stew did not get the memo. We are talking dumpster
2: dives. <laughs> not fine dining, Tyreek Hill. That's penthouse level <laughs> wine and dine right there. Those are diamond encrusted burgers, the golden flake gold stuff on on steak that you get in Vegas. That's what we're talking there. No, no, he's throwing
1: going- away stuff that gets eaten and regurgitated and then thrown in the dumpster <laughs> that
2: we're finding here. On yes. these we dumps. are. We're not feasting on the you know the hundred dollars t-bones. We're taking the bits of meat that was thrown away on the t-bone for this episode and winning leagues in the process yes sir all right
1: well we're we're running out of time i did want to talk about ota storylines but i think we can save that for another day i do want to talk though about that mean you're gonna bring
2: me back is that what you're saying yeah
1: we might have to bring you back that's right (gasps) we're gonna have have to to talk about baby (laughs) (laughs) all because of marvin jones all because of marvin (laughs) into that shit
2: we have <laughs> yes
1: let's talk to deandre hopkins so we, okay. we saw the news today he's released right so this is of course forefront of the news we have to talk about deandre hopkins where is one the dream landing spot and where is the most likely
2: landing spot the dream landing spot mm-hmm. right there baby new england i'm in boston i love the no. patriots i think deandre no, not for hopkins not yes. For you yes for, for me fantasy Oh, for fantasy. Okay. For fantasy, it's Kansas City. <laughs> okay. Fantasy, it's Kansas City. That's, I mean, I, I love it in Kansas City. I, but, you know, for me, in New England, I would love to see him there. But even in New England, let's just say, I think he gets a, a shitload of targets in, in New England. With But they're from Mac former, Jones. Yeah, from Mac. But, I mean, he's succeeded with, ooh, look at these. He's succeeded with the trash bag of trash. He's succeeded with the dumpster diver quarterbacks that we kind of talked about today. And he succeeded with those guys. Fair point. point. I do think that Hopkins on the Patriots would be a target monster. I'd love it, but that's not the ideal landing spot. I think the the Kansas City is because they don't have that alpha receiver. Obviously, they got Kelsey, who's the alpha of alpha pass catchers. But if they added the DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to get, I mean, we're talking about two players that are going to see so many targets. Okay. I like it. So that's the, that's the, that's the,
1: the dream landing spot what is the most likely
2: most likely i i think theo tweeted this earlier today it's the cowboys and i think that's might be right man i wouldn't like that one as much i mean it would be i wouldn't like it either i wouldn't like it either it's just a whole lot of mess going on because you know i i love the combination of Gallup, cooks and lamb i think those three skill sets work great where we could see lamb destroy cook's return ADP value, and then Gallup being your best ball spike week guy that you get every, every so often. I love that. You throw in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, and all of a sudden, he could be the alpha who gets the most pass catches. He's still that good in, this, in his age. So I, I hate that for fantasy, but I think that's most likely.
1: I think this is where we're going to get lucky as as fantasy players because I think the most likely outcome is also one of the most fantasy-friendly when you think about it. Dallas is pretty damn likely, but I don't like it. I don't it's not yeah, I don't that, like it either. Not that friendly either. But the other two options, Kansas City, Buffalo, both need an alpha receiver. Diggs can only carry Buffalo so far. They did not really attack the wide receiver position. Not at all. Kansas City is definitely in need of another alpha. You think that Hopkins is going to join a team that is going to be chasing a ring and For has sure. a real shot at a title this year. So that has to be in consideration here. And we think about landing spots. So we know Dallas is going to choke. So maybe they're off the table. <laughs> Amen to that shit. <laughs> let's play it. Let's play
3: it. Amen to that shit.
1: So I think that leaves us with the bills in Kansas city as realistic landing spots. And from a fantasy perspective, Oh dear Lord, I, I actually, all right, pick one of the two teams. Let's punch him in. Let's see where he, let's see where he goes. So, as of right now, he is wide receiver. Let me, let me, let me go to the, the shell sheet. One second. As of today, May 26, 2023, at mm-hmm. 3.39 Pacific time. I'll let okay. you guys do the math for Eastern. That's uh, Where two, is he? Three, that's it.
2: <laughs>
1: wide receiver 21. Okay. I have not a – because we did not on the team. So this was a conservative ranking. Mm-hmm. So, so pick a team, Buffalo, Kansas City right now.
2: Let's go to Kansas City because I do not want to go to Buffalo. I have too many (laughs) Stefan dig shares that I would hate to see anything less than 160 targets.
1: Okay. We'll give him his 22% target share. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Hold on, I got to punch his name in first.
2: D hop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to spell it perfectly or it doesn't find us. And then it doesn't sync with everything. One second. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. up. You want to give me the exact spelling real quick?
2: Yeah. Well, I can do that. See, Hold up. It is is. D E. Yep. Capital I I didn't
1: know if it was going to have the, you know, the little apostrophe in there. Okay. Let's give him what will be, let's be considered 22% of the targets there. Okay. Okay. Let's see his averages are in here. Okay. Let's go to uh 0. 0.65. Okay.
2: I'm getting okay. smarter. Just watching you doing your process right now.
1: Let's go ahead and give him his, give him his average on yards per reception. Okay, which probably go up. He's in Kansas City, but that's we're being conservative here, folks. Yeah, right? the we're mean. Doing,
2: we're being mean.
1: We're being mean. Yeah, exactly. Being mean. Okay. Everything is punched in. 22% target shares, 143 targets in this offense. That gets him to 93 receptions. It gets him to uh just under twelve hundred yards and it gets him double digit touchdowns at nine point nine. So yes, I rounded up. Uh, where do you think it took him inside of the rankings?
2: Uh, if I had to put all that together, it's probably like wide receiver nine. That is nine. Good job. <laughs> see, I told you I get smart by being around the Dominator <laughs> and Billy Buzio, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I got to make sure I undo all this so Dario doesn't upload the projections right now. And it goes everyone. <laughs> everyone. Everybody freaks out because they see him on Kansas City. <laughs> all right. Are we good? Are we safe? We're safe.
2: We're safe. Okay. Um, and we're clear. All right. What about the Eagles? That's a question here. I don't think I'd like the Eagles either. No. Why would we want the Eagles? We have such a beautiful... Piece of the pie, the target. You know, the targets that go perfectly to the guys that we want. Why throw in this guy? I mean, this dude is a disruptor when we're talking target distribution. This guy can command so many targets. We do not want to go to the Eagles. No, that would crush AJ Brown. It would crush De- Devonta. It would crush. It would crush everybody.
1: It would crush just, everybody. Yeah, and they just don't have the passing volume either. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not a bad landing spot from a ring perspective, but right, the team would be a- you could not defend against this squad no it could you imagine like what smith is wide receiver
2: three in this offense he's still good enough to you know warrant defenders to use their best cornerback on and you'd have to pick your poison it would be insanity
1: it would be insanity it would i would hate it from fantasy though it would be so oh, It would be awful it'd awful. be i'd be oh man I, they would could you imagine how far adps would fall down like AJ Brown probably falls into like the middle, of the second round, if not like two, three yeah. turn. Devonta Smith probably falls down to the fourth or fifth. Goddard probably falls down. Swift falls down.
2: Everybody would Everyone fall down in the so passing Jaylen. game. Except for Jalen. Jalen would be the oh no doubt qu- run uh, quarterback one. I would imagine with the acquisition of D up. I mean he's what he hovers around two, three, four in most drafts. So that would be that would be a smash spot for him. Oh man, don't don't, don't happen though, please. Don't I don't happen. want it to happen. Don't do it. No, don't do it.
1: Do it. Okay. That's it, everybody. Maddie, tell the, tell the folks where to find you, uh, what you're working on, what you're doing, when you record. Get, just
2: throw down the deets. So you can find me on Twitter at MattyKewoom. All of my articles, all my content goes through playitprofile.com. Check that out. Game plan is each and every Saturday. Uh, this week, I got Jason Allwine on, and we are talking about the best practices when starting a dynasty, building a uh, startup draft. So we're putting our commissioner's hats on this weekend. So I'm very excited for that. Also, each and every Thursday, Trade Gods with Jason Allwine as well. And then, you know, I'm just making my appearances on Mock Draft Live. The Dominator now, because I already got my invitation to come back, so I'll be back. But, yeah, you can catch me uh, just really just trying to we- weasel my way into everyone's shows here at Player Pro.
3: Amen to that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah! Well-
3: Amen to that shit
2: Who's that? There's a TikTok rapper that's that rap pie (laughs) 3.145 I'm the king of NYC I don't know
1: Just a heads up While you were preaching this I downloaded this soundbite and I'm going to play it as I literally downloaded (laughs) it as you were talking
3: Amen to that shit
2: (laughs) I need it I need that for all my shows too I need it marvin jones that's been around say his name again say his name again marvin
1: jones say it again say it again say it again
2: marvin jones
0: amen to that shit (laughs) yeah hey i want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in it's important to me that all of our media be free this is only possible because of you